Welcome to week three of the Cubs Win podcast. We have another good week to talk about, thankfully. we I think every week's been good so far this season. So far, so good. Which is honestly kind of surprising and a little suspicious, in my opinion, but that's just how I am as a fan. Uh... So we'll start off here with this last game against the Dodgers. One that absolutely nobody was expecting us to win. But Drew Smiley faced off against Julio Arias and this was all the a odds close one. did win. Yes. Uh yeah, Smiley. Three, two. Yeah, Smiley, uh we'll talk about this later uh in the episode, but uh Smiley faced uh, Luis Castillo and then Julio Urias back to back to back. In his last three starts, he's faced those two guys and he's three and zero. So it's pretty good, especially after he uh, after the spring training he had and after he started the season with that bad game against Cincinnati. So yeah, definitely uh, definitely one of the more one of the more underrated signings that the Cubs made in the off season, in my opinion. And we'll get to that yeah, later. He- but, he yeah. definitely wanted to come back, as he said, and he was a pretty solid last year, so good to probably solidify lost the back little... end of that rotation. Yeah, he probably lost a little leverage saying how much he wanted to come back, but that's nice. Two years, $19 million. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, he Bellinger and Wisdom. Oh, no, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say he didn't exactly pitch like – the ace that game, but he did only give up one run over 5.2 innings. So you'll take that out of your four guy who realistically yes, everybody thought would be the fifth, like talent wise, fifth starter. But obviously, went with Wesneski in the fifth spot as the rookie. Surely that's the best start he'll have against the Dodgers this year. Probably oh, surely. For next week. Surely. I mean, it'd be insane to imagine that he could, I don't know, somehow go like into the eighth inning against the Dodgers. That'd be crazy. Not even going to entertain that idea right now. Maybe later, though. We'll entertain it a little oh, bit yeah, more. That's, that's absurd. All right. So, Wisdom and Bellinger went deep in this one. Yeah. And I don't know Bellinger, how we got the other one. Bellinger is red hot right now. He is absolutely destroying his former team, giving them the middle finger for non-tendering him. Uh, yeah, and of course, when I went to go see him, he was like 0 for 11 or some shit. Like, it was... I have awful yeah. luck. If, if I had gone to every Cubs game, they would be 0 and 19. Like, just... Yeah. That's quite the record. It would happen. I promise. Um... Yeah, so Bellinger is he is uh healthy, which is good. And he certainly looks much more comfortable. So I wonder yeah, if the change he, of scenery is just kinda like Schwarber, all he needed. And he definitely looks like he's enjoying every moment, so yeah, he's a he's lot hit, more com- comfortable. He's hit five home runs this season and three of them have come against the Dodgers. Right. So he's proving a point, it seems. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's yeah. a good point, to be fair. Indeed. Please but, keep proving it. Um, yes. Let's but see. Yeah, they won 3 2. Uh, Bellinger and Wisdom. Oh, yeah. Homers right. and Terenz got. Terenz had that weird single. Infield on single the infield that tied yeah. the game. Most so 2023 Cubs, Cubs run ever. <laughs> yeah. What a weak hit. Come on, Torrens get a hit. Gets a hit, and it's like the least impressive hit ever. Like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this game was actually far from over. The Cubs had a 3-1 to one lead, then had, like, nearly a disaster seventh inning. They went into the inning up 3-1, and... Then, oh, God, what happened there? The Dodgers had a man on with one out, and Adbert was in, or 
Keegan was in, and they were struggling. Whoever I think it was Edward, he was struggling with his command, and Seiya Suzuki lost a ball in the sun, and that allowed a run to score. So now it's three to two, and it's like first and third, and then the bases got loaded because Dansby Swanson made an error, which was really strange, and made everyone think that the Cubs were about to give up like five runs in the inning. But then Mark Leader Jr. came in and struck out Max Muncy and Freddie Freeman, or Freddie Freeman and Max Muncy, and got out of the jam and yeah, preserved I'm... the three to two lead. I'm very surprised with how Leiter's doing this year. I think he's top two or three in the league in strikeouts per nine innings for relievers. Well, is, didn't he do well last year? Uh, I think he had a stretch of doing well, but overall I don't think he was that great. Hmm. Well, maybe it was a, maybe this is a breakout year for him. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Keep him on the roster over Rucker. I'm suspicious. I'm just, I'm so suspicious. I I really want to give in and be like, yes, this team is great. I love them, but like, it's too early. I don't want to, I don't want to have my heart broken. Let's just enjoy what we got going here. This is the best stretch of baseball the Cubs have had in God knows how long. Yeah, since like the beginning of 2020. Yeah. That was back when the podcast was not around, I think. Yeah, right. We started at the beginning of the 21 season. All right. What a genius decision. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, Cubs win 3-2. to two. This game was so stressful, I got suspended from Twitter again. And then got back on. It's a monthly occurrence. Later. Yeah, it's just gonna happen like, at this point. It's just not. I don't stick around. I try every time I get suspended. I say, "All right, I'm not gonna get suspended again." And then it just becomes too much, and I can't control my tweets during the Cub games. And when you're telling pitchers like to to die the entire game, it's it's gonna add up. So. <laughs> Yeah, so You're that's what you'll see if you like, follow Cubs Legion on Twitter. Yeah. So this is why I don't even post a link to my Twitter anymore. It's just there's no point. I'm gone in like two weeks. So I just make a Twitter so I can just spam stuff. And then, yeah, I'll get suspended probably in a month. More than likely. And it will be just as shocking. But the Cubs win 3-2. Uh, to two. They win the series against the Dodgers at Dodger Stadium for the first time since 2014, minus the 2016 playoffs, of course. Uh, so yes. that was good. That was very good. Yeah. Then they uh, did we talk about straight to the point going Rucker and the first two games? Uh, I would assume it was last week's. I feel like. We didn't talk about Michael Rucker blowing the lead. Well, if we didn't, he did, and it sucked. And if the Cubs hadn't blown that lead, they would have swept the Dodgers. That's all I wanted to say. They came within, like, one out of sweeping the Dodgers, which is massive. So it was good. It's still early. So be on your toes. Um, All right. So, Cubs... Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Cubs took that series surprisingly after the second game, and then they went out and swept the Oakland Athletics, which probably should not be too hard. But you know, and getting again, a sweep is not the easiest thing to do, no matter. Yes. And then so again, how many times? Considering the last game, we had to face. Guy making his debut that was throwing one oh two. Mason Miller. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, I, they should have swept him and they did, so it wasn't surprising or anything, but how many times have the Cubs gone into a series against a bad team over the years and completely rolled over for them? <laughs> More times than I can count. Right. I I distinctly remember a four game series in the middle of twenty eighteen. Against the Reds in Cincinnati, the Reds swept the Cubs. 
like and and the last game was like a six run comeback or something. It was awful. It oh, was, was at the Rob's yeah. Strizny. Oh, I'm not. I I don't remember the specific games, but I remember hearing about it. Huh. I just remember that last game. Well, hopefully the long story. I was at summer camp and I got it. I got that four game series. Yeah, hopefully not. But you see what I mean? Like, yeah, they should. They did sweep the athletics, and that's not surprising or impressive. But it was like there was no guarantee they were going to. But they did, and they swept the athletics so bad that the athletics decided they just simply could not stay in Oakland, and it was so devastating, so they are moving to Vegas. Oh, yeah. Which is sad. Worth noting, very worth noting, actually. The Cubs got uh, won two games in this series in which they scored 10-plus runs. Yes. And the run differential was um, 26 to 3. To 3. And and two of the three runs came in the final game. So it was like not close. And I say that because of the score, you know, the the difference. But game two, 4-0 win. Cubs got all of their runs in the eighth inning. Game three, I think the Cubs had a – it was tied, like two to two into the seventh inning, and then the Cubs got ten runs after. So basically, whenever Oakland lifted their starter, that was the game. The Cubs just demolished their bullpen. So except for game one, game one the Cubs just poured it on from the beginning. But um, yeah. So yeah, this was nice. Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman were once again. Dominant one-two punch. Uh, heading into the series, I actually thought to myself, um, because I read an article online saying who could be the first Chicago Cubs pitcher to throw a perfect game, and um, I, I oh, was. Man. We'll get to that. Anyway, I was heading to the. Now I'm sad. Uh, anyway, I going into the series, I saw Stroman and Steele and. The, the A's had lost three in a row to the Mets, and I thought there's a real chance that we could get a no-hitter. And Stroman threw a two-hitter in his start. So Steele wasn't as sharp, but, yeah, they was uh, – yeah, it, it almost happened. Two singles, but, yeah. Anyway, Still nice clean sweep of the A's. performance nonetheless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when's the last time the Cubs got a sweep – Sweep Did we get anybody? one last year? Yeah, we must have. Uh, didn't we sweep the Padres? No. No, no, no. Wait a minute. I got this. I'm going to pull it up right now. Let's see. Yeah, I figure they might have had a couple. Maybe you're in that second half stretch when they were really good. Oh, yeah, that's right. They swept the Phillies. Remember they went 6-0 and against them? Oh, yeah. And they swept the Mets in September, which contributed to the Mets' uh, losing streak. That uh, in September. So we swept the Reds in the second to last series. I guess we had a few sweeps. Huh. They were good in the there second half. Many. First half was like... Yeah. Yeah, didn't we lose like... Nine games in a row in the first half. I, I think or April was very bad in the first half. Yeah, it was uh, it was poor to say the least. It was a two game sweep against the Pirates. So just to show you that, uh, you know, the Cubs are at least. Oh, we got swept by the Padres better. in a four game series. Oh Ooh. God! Really? Make- yeah, at home. Oh gosh, that's oh, wow. Three, four, what five. happened? I don't remember this at all. Uh, I guess we lost ten in a row, and those were the final four. That was in June. Gosh, I don't remember that sweep at all. 
Ooh. Ah, Machado got his 1500th hit against us. Jesus. Who was starting? Oh, God, it was Killian. Oh, we led this game. Norris, Wick, Mills, Frank oh, Swindell came old in. old names. All right, let's get out of here. I don't like these names. Yeah, this is a new era of Cubs baseball. Yeah, I'm not interested in talking about Frank let's Swindell. Let's exit. Let's exit. Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. Like. Okay. Um, so anyways, yeah, Cubs sweep the athletics. Patrick Wisdom absolutely dominated. He hit how many home runs that series? Uh, he hit a home run in every game against the Dodgers and then two against the A's and then he had an uh, RBI triple in the final game. So he's tearing it up. Two. I thought he had three. I don't remember that. Yeah, I, th- I know he had two in one game, but the last game was four. Not the second game was four nothing, and then he had an RBI triple. I think it was two. Yeah, I think you're right. So yeah, uh, Cody Bellinger also missed a home run, got a hundred and three mile an hour double off that big. Old. I think it was one hundred two or one hundred three, something like that. Either way. Hard hit double, just a giant wall that couldn't get over. So, yeah, unfortunate stadium. But... It once was beautiful. I'll talk oh, about this for a minute. The A's just, were. A... We got to talk about this though. Eric Hosmer okay. hit a home run, and that is setting back. Matt nervous, nervous by like five months. Out. Yeah. <laughs> God, I just. Uh, I don't so, understand so this. So earlier like... today, there was a new article by um, The Athletic that came out mm-hmm. that explained that we should not be expecting Matt Mervis to be added to the roster anytime soon. And that's just so disappointing because the Cubs are like 28th in Team WRC Plus for first base. And Matt Mervis is literally the answer to that. It's, it's so like more obvious. than the answer. It's so dumb. Yeah. So Jed Hoyer like, apparently it's, it's thinks that's small. Level, it's on the same level as that meme where Dora the Explorer is standing in front of the ocean and is like, where is the water? It's like that. It's just, it's beyond obvious. It's so stupid. It's just basically the explanation they gave for this. I guess it's sound. It's like, well, we I'm paraphrasing. We signed Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini. And what we don't want to do is sign them, having told them that they'll get a shot at being on the team. And then three weeks into the season, just immediately kick one of them off the team. Because that's just in bad taste. Eric and that's Hosmer true. got league minimum, though. He wasn't expected know, to be here the whole season. I know. I think but that's, he probably. But that's a, that's that. a good point. It it is only three weeks into the season. I mean, I think you probably promised him and Mancini both like a shot of playing every day. I mean, Mancini and I, bet, and I know Hos- like two years, so he won't be gone. Well, I, I know Hosmer is gonna. Hosmer knows that he's gonna be gone by like at the very most mid season. He's not going to stay on the team for the whole year. It's just not going to happen. He probably mm-hmm. knows that. That's why they signed him for league minimum. But um, at the same time, you have Luis Torrens, who barely gets any playing time and is usually at DH. And you have Edwin Rios, who's like one for 16 off the bench with one home run. So why did you not just get rid of one of them and bring up Mervis. I don't understand. It just, uh, it's just, it's so stupid. It's, it's like, there's having the answer and then there's having the perfect answer in front of you. 25 years old, 
left-handed, power-hitting, first baseman, walking more than he's striking out and hitting lefties at AAA, putting up the same numbers that Chris Bryant put up in Iowa with half the strikeouts. Yeah, that what sounds is the a lot. problem? Like, sounds why do you not like have a, a franchise first baseman that the Cubs have? You know, there's this whole question where it's like, oh, well, if he comes up, what if he won't perform? Well, how could he not perform? Like, it, it would take magic dust to make him not good at yeah, the major league hit, level. He's hit and he's raked at every single level. I mean, why would he stop? Right. It would be one thing if he – it would be one thing if it was like, okay, he's hitting 280 and he's got like a realistic slash on at Iowa. Then it's like, well, maybe he's a quadruple A player and he's like not going to do well up here. But no, no. He has like – he has like a 400 on base percentage and then, and then a WRC plus of like 200. <laughs> it's just – it, he's he's a uh, he's just spinning his tires at this point. He has nothing left to do. He's just down there, waiting to be called up. There's nothing left. He's completed his tasks and he's just waiting to move on. Um, but I I did have a thought earlier today, seeing Hoyer's comments, and I thought, just that last comment. Hoyer had this comment where he said, "We don't know when Merv." I'm paraphrasing again. He said, we don't know when Mervis will be up, but we do know that he'll have an impact here at some point. And that's very Hoyer-esque, because it's like giving an answer without giving an answer. You walk away (laughs) thinking, what does that mean? But then at the same time, I read that and I thought to myself, maybe they don't really know what to do with him. Like, and And I know that's a really weird thing to say, because the answer is obvious. You call him up and you have him hit. But Maybe he wasn't really in their plans when they started this whole rebuilding thing. They were really focused on, like, the outfield and up the middle. And then all of a sudden, about one year ago, this undrafted first-base prospect that they drafted back during the pandemic when the whole front office was different and Theo Epstein was still in charge, starts tearing the cover off the ball, ascends through the minor leagues rapidly, and has like you know has an ascension that no one has seen since Chris Bryant, and all of a sudden he's right here. So it's like maybe they maybe they're just kind of like, just maybe I just think maybe they're kind of knocked back by this. They were like, well, that's great, but we didn't expect that to happen. I don't know. It's probably not what happened, but I mean, even if that was true, they haven't really done anything to actually improve at first base. I mean, I know Hosmer and Mancini, but. Mancini, I mean, he was obviously going to split between first base and DH and Hosmer. Um, He wasn't going to stay the whole time, like we said. So I think after last season, they kind of did have a plan, to be honest. Just don't know what they're waiting on. Well, maybe, but then you think about it and you think, well, they did sign Hosmer and then they also signed Mancini. So it was like, it was really confusing because they signed Mancini and you thought, okay, so Mervis isn't coming up. Then they signed Hosmer, so you thought, oh, so like maybe I, Mervis is coming up. So it's like... I, I get I waiting I like, like a month, yeah. but... But, you know, you look at shown center field. Everything. I know, I know. And I'm very frustrated because I feel like the Cubs could be way better than they already – they could be off to a way better start than they than they are, and they're off to a great start. But, like, um, if you look at center field, go into the offseason, and it's like, all right, I think, I think in the front office they had a very clear idea what they were doing. Okay, Pete Crow Armstrong is our minor league center fielder. He's going to be here regardless in, like, one year. Let's get someone for one year. And then we know that's it. So we're just going to get Bellinger for one year and that's it. And then he'll be here. So it was like a very clear cut plan. And then with first base, it was almost like they said, well, we don't know if he's ready because he came out of nowhere, but if he is ready, he's really good. And he's a game changer. But if he's not ready, we're going to ruin him. 
And we don't really know that much about this guy because he just started hitting. Um, so we're going to, like, put one foot on each side of the fence here. And it's just, I don't know. They're, like, straddling a line. And it's frustrating. And I do think there is something to be said for, like, clubhouse presence. Like, they've said Trey Mancini and Hosmer are good for leadership and all that. And I get that. But if you're really attached to that, and if you really like Eric Hosmer's defense for some reason, which is something I've heard over the last few weeks, which doesn't make sense because he's not that good on defense, but if you really like these guys, why do you not just get rid of Luis Torrance? Like, get rid of Edwin Rios. Just find a way to get Mervis up there. He'd be I so think, great as a DH. <laughs> like, just I think the why? problem with that is you would have to get rid of both of them because right now there's only – um, 12 pitchers on the roster, so you'd have to get rid of one of the batters for a pitcher, and then you can get rid of a different batter for Mervis. Uh, yeah. I mean, Which the I, Cubs... I think oh, they should ahead. just do the Terrens thing now, like just bring up, I don't know, Cam Sanders maybe? Or Yeah, I mean, Terrens isn't going to stick around. There's no way. <laughs> He'll be on the... He'll be with Colorado by the end of the year or something. He'll be on the Padres for like two weeks and hit a home run and it'll be really weird. And then he'll just end up in Colorado. Um, that's exactly what's going to happen. Anyway. That sounds about right, actually. Yeah. Like it'll be some huge home run too. Like you'll see it all, all over highlights. It'll be like a grand slam. And then like a week later, Luis Torrance has been DFA'd and then he'll just end up in Colorado with Chris like Bryant. That. Victor Caratini Grand Slam. Yes, just or like that. It was just like completely out of pocket and out run. of nowhere. And it was just, it happened and then it was gone and you never heard about it ever again. Um, so, what else was I going to say? Oh, yeah. So the Cubs, this is the last thing we'll say about this, but like the Cubs are dealing with like a, a huge roster crunch right now because <laughs> they have what appears to be a solid team with some solid arms. But the problem is they have another solid team with solid arms and better players at certain positions right below them, but they don't have enough openings for all of them. So, like, you talk about Cam Sanders. Okay, but we're going to have to get rid of somebody. All right, easy enough. We'll get rid of Luis Torrens. What about Nelson Velasquez? Well, uh... I mean, they did have a spot for him, but now yeah. they don't because Suzuki is back, which we're happy about, but now they don't. And then it's like, well, you have Mervis. Well, yeah, but then we have Hosmer and Mancini. Well, what about Morel? Well, we have Wisdom and Madrigal. So it's just like, it's a good problem, but it's also infuriating because every right. night, regardless of the, if the Cubs win or lose, you see Matt Mervis and Christopher Morel having, like, 1,000 OPSs in Iowa, and you're just thinking they could be doing that here, but they're not yet, and they will. At some point during this season, we're going to hop on this podcast and say, oh, it's great, Matt Mervis is coming up, and it's awesome, and Morel is coming, and it's going to be great, and they'll all be here, but that's just not right now. So it's just, like, it's a big log jam, and it doesn't get any better because then in double A, double A is loaded, so you know more people will be coming to Iowa later on. And it's just it speaks to the how deep the farm system is. So yeah, I guess that's actually a very good problem to have. It's better than having like no one, which is the problem we had years ago. So yeah. It'll it'll work itself out and it will can't be believe here we in... were getting excited over Ed Howard. Oh god, Ed Howard. Yeah. And just look how far we've come. We got from getting excited over him just because he was a first round pick to having way too many options now of actually good people. Good yeah, now players. we have too many options. Yeah, so yeah, I uh, I actually have made the mistake of saying that 2020 draft was a failure, but I forgot Matt Nervous was in that draft, and it's funny that I forget because I remember seeing them. Like I remember seeing something that they like drafted him or signed him, and it was like he's a power hitting first baseman. And I was like, well, that's cool. 
I'll never hear about him ever. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, little Man. did I know. Yeah. Also, just a quick little note. I think Christian Hernandez is doing really good in uh, A-ball right now. Yes, he is. A-ball. He is. He's in Myrtle Beach. Okay. Yeah, he's off to a good start. Um, PCA is hitting really well. Oh, and Casey is hitting really well. Miguel Amaya hit two home runs. Well, I guess this will be uploaded. So, hit two home runs yesterday, which is today. Uh, Didn't even know that. Ben Brown had another fantastic outing. He had like nine strikeouts tonight. He's in double A. Kevin Alcantara is Kevin Alcantara. All right. <laughs> uh, he's in high A. So just unbelievable amount of options across the board. They all, they're all going to look so good as an angel. Moving on. Oh, um, man. We, we talked about talk this about in the last yeah. one, so you guys should know. So, yeah. so, yes, moving on. Yes, moving on. I, I did want to say real quick, just because we covered the athletic series, it's just, it's so sad what's happening to the Oakland Athletics and what has happened to them, what they've become. Just people look at the A's and they look at their really trash stadium. The Coliseum is from another era where teams used multi-purpose stadiums, but it's just sad. I mean, the A's are one of the oldest organizations in baseball. They have nine World Series championships. They have multiple Hall of Famers. They won three titles in a row in the 70s, and they're the only American League team besides the Yankees to win three World Series in a row. They won three pennants in a row in the 80s, and they won the 89 World Series. They invented Moneyball. They won 20 in a row. I mean, it's just, this is a legitimate franchise. And Major League Baseball has let John Fisher and the people that own the A's have this just completely tear the franchise down. They intentionally traded away everyone that they had for nothing. The front office is terrible. They didn't spend money. They they made it so that fans wouldn't show up, and the and it worked. The fans didn't show up, and they got a stadium in in Vegas, and that's where they're going. And they're leaving behind a fan base that has been there for over fifty years. So it's just it's criminal, really. It's a shame. This isn't just some expansion team like the Expos that never got their legs underneath them. This is this would be like I wouldn't complain if this happened to them. But this would be like if the St. Louis Cardinals suddenly just disappeared. Well, I that, mean, you know, I, that wouldn't be as sad. I'd be happy. But yeah, that'd be great. But, you know, it, it's 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 a travesty, and it's a tragedy, and it really is. A, it's not a good look for anyone involved with the league or involved with the A's. And I really hope. And pray that the A's get back on their feet in an, in Vegas, and that they, you know, and that they become winners again. Because when the A's are winners, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I remember when they were challenging the Astros for the AL West in 2018, and they had just a few games in like mid September where they were in first place for a bit. And the Coliseum was packed, and people were screaming and yelling, and it was like it was awesome. It's awesome baseball, and people think they don't have any fans, and they do. It's just they've been so mistreated over the years that it's you know they're all gone. So, yeah, it's too bad. I I do like the A's. I, I I'm happy we beat them, but I'm not happy they're leaving. So that's all I'm gonna say. It's just a shame what's happened to them, what they've become. Billy Bean is. For those of you that have seen Moneyball, I think about this all the time. The ending of Moneyball, Billy Bean is still trying to win the last game of the season. And all, and all these years later, after that movie was made, Billy Bean is still with the A's and still trying to win the last game of the season with resources and money that he doesn't have. So it's a shame. So that's my brief uh, obituary on the A's. So we can move on now to happier things that involve the Chicago Cubs. (laughs) 
Well, I guess that does put us right into this next series against Dodgers. Game one, Michael Fulmer should not be closer. That's all we'll say. Other yeah, than was Cody Bellinger hit another home run. Yep. He did. Uh, and, and Oh, yes. I loved how uh, David Ross put the man that blew a save in the ninth inning against the Dodgers. He put him in the ninth inning against the Dodgers where he proceeded to blow the game. I love that. That just makes so much sense. Yeah. He's great. Oh, also, he also had a really excellent eighth inning against the Dodgers in the Cubs' 3-2 win the game after he blew the save. So, logically, he put him in in the ninth inning again because he just doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> Luckily, Estrada is on the roster now, so Fulmer will be For now. sixth and seventh inning guy where he will excel. For now. I just am dreading that in a few days it's going to be like I can't. I just, I just can't see them sending him back down. Uh, well, I just, couldn't see. No one could see that they would send Nelson Velasquez back down. Especially because they have to get rid of another hitter. Yeah, I know. That's going to happen soon. They have this big puzzle that we just talked about, and it sounds painful. But um, I just – please keep Estrada up. He's good. We need velocity and swings and misses. So, also, Fulmer sucks as the closer. So, just please uh, that's give the young guy a clear. chance. Isn't that what you're all about? All right. So, anyway. Oh, also, Zach Zaidman's call of that grand slam was literally the most depressing thing in the entire world. It was this. It was like two and two the count to Outman and the pitch. High fly ball. Deep to right field, back goes Suzuki, and this ball is gone. Just You didn't know the ball was gone until it actually left. It was just like, oh, oh, it's gone. Oh, that's How many times it, it did was, he pause? He paused a grand total of five times. That's, I, I think he was back in the dugout right. by the time he actually said that. It was good. So, yeah. So, but then like we had this great game today where things went wonderfully well. They were ninety nine percent perfect. Yes, ninety nine point nine. But something this is like the worst thirteen to zero win ever. I know. Like after the big event happened, I was not so excited like, about it just, anymore. I, I, after after it happened, I remember I just. Wasn't so jazz. I was like, "All right, oh, cool, cool. win one." You know, yeah. It was like, well, I mean, I was still happy we won because yeah. it was like, okay, great. But you know, we have to face the Dodgers tomorrow, so and the day and after, the next so, day, yeah. So it doesn't guarantee like a win or anything. It's just like, all right, we won, great. So, but it wasn't. It was, and it was just the fact that it ended the way it did. So anyway. Drew Smiley takes the mound with the wind blowing out at 25 miles an hour against the man that he took the ball against uh, like a week ago for the finale of the Dodgers series in L.A. So you're thinking immediately, this will not go well. And it didn't. But it didn't go well for the Dodgers, not the Cubs. The Cubs went extremely well. They hit four home runs. Cody Bellinger went deep. Mancini went deep because I guess he heard people talking about Matt Mervis and he decided he wasn't going to lose his job either. Mancini These guys only go deep. Lose it. He's got it's funny, years. Matt Mervis hits a home run like two days ago and Eric Hosmer and Trey Mancini hit home runs in the in the following games. Like It's just, they don't do anything except for when Matt Mervis does stuff. Um, that should be a lot then, shouldn't it? Yeah, but they're not very good. I do like Mancini. I think he's going to turn it around. But Hosmer obviously is not in no, the future of this team at all, or hopefully not even for the next month. I'd like to see Mervis up by May, but that is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But we already talked about it, so we will just keep on with this game. So, yes, another Bellinger bomb against the Dodgers. Yeah, he's owning and the Dodgers. And this, Mancini, this was a runaway pretty quickly, actually. Wisdom and Nico Horner got his first. And Wisdom is now second in the league 
in the entire league for home runs, second to Pete Alonso. And Nico so Horner went good four company. for five. Yeah, that contract. Like is we have not to talked about this so far. Like that is yes, <laughs> this is this is Nico Horner at his absolute peak. Mm-hmm. And I am here for it. And he's got a, uh, I believe, seventeen or eighteen game on base streak now. Mm-hmm. Really being great in that leadoff spot. Yeah, I'm feeling like three sixty-five. It's not sustainable, but you know, sustain it for however long you want, man. Hundred and sixty-two games. Why? Did, why not that? Yeah, why not? Hundred and sixty-two game on base streak. Just like Pete Rose back in the like the nineteen seventies, he had a season where he was on base to lead off every game. Um, and he is also nine for ten on stolen bases. He got thrown out once. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. That's shocking. Anyway, uh, everyone got a hit. Trey Mancini went three for three at some point. Uh, this is this sucks. Anyway, um, <laughs> things were great. It was awesome. Drew Smiley took the mound and proceeded to not only no hit the Dodgers, he was perfect through seven innings. And we were sitting there thinking, this is great. And I got home from school, and I thought, this is great. And we turned on the radio. (laughs) And David Peralta came to the plate. And he hit a small little ground ball up the third baseline. And immediately, as soon as I heard that it was a slow dribbler up the line, I thought, oh, it's over. Uh, It was much worse than that. It was much worse because Jan Gomes and Drew Smiley are both veterans. And they saw the ball. And Jan Gomes was, was you know, he's a man of the team. He's a team guy. So he's, like, freaking out because he's like, I have to make sure he gets the perfect game. So he's running. And Drew Smiley is running. And they don't see each other. And what should have happened is that Gomes should have said yours or because Smiley can't see him. But Gomes didn't see Smiley until it was too late because John Gomes is 36 and not 26. He can't exactly get out of the way as fast as he used to be able to. So he tries to hurdle. <laughs> I can't get over this. This is the absolute worst way to this lose a perfect game. This is like the most game. Mets way to lose a perfect game. I'm not gonna, This is something that would happen in the Mets. The Cubs were the Mets for one pitch. For like one second. It was like, this is the Mets experience. Anyway, this would have happened to Jacob DeGrom if he was on the Mets. Here <laughs> goes Jacob DeGrom. He's he pitching a no-hitter with 50. But yeah, and it would have been like, wow. And now it would have been out for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, so Jan Gomes tries to hurdle Drew Smiley and doesn't quite make it and instead crashes into Drew Smiley and tumbles on top of him. And David Peralta is safe. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Oh smiling my god, impressed. dude, that's so bad. And it just... Like, and what it, the and hell? It's just sad. It's sad. We're all sad. And it because it's be, it would have been so much better if David Peralta had just hit, like, a 440-foot home run. It would have... It would just... Yeah, I think you're right, honestly. Like... Anything but that. Even a blooper. I'd hate that, but... Tumbling over each other, that's there's nothing Something worse. Never seen that before, and I'll never see that again. And the Cubs, that's by funny. the way, have never thrown a perfect game. Yeah, they are one of 16 MLB franchises that have never um, thrown a perfect game. Also, worth noting, this is the exact date that Jake Arietta threw his no hitter against the Reds, in which the Cubs won 16 to nothing. I just, this is so sad because this is also the anniversary of one of those perfect games from 2012. Like the White Sox guy did it in 2012 on this day. So it, 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 it just, it would have been great. 
But it wasn't. <laughs> it's just sad. And I'm not really crying, but yeah. it would have been at Wrigley, and it would have been in front of the Dodgers, and it would have been a 13 to zero perfect game. <laughs> just it would have been perfect. It would have been like what we said about Nelson Velasquez's grand slam being the best regular season win since Bodie's walk-off home run, it would have topped all of that. It would have been like, oh, this is even better. Just two weeks later or something. And it wasn't. It wasn't a base hit. It was, it was a broken bat dribbler that maybe would have been a hit. Maybe not. But Jan Gomes wanted a piggyback ride. I just can't believe it. Well, yeah. So Drew Smiley retired the next two batters, meaning that he would have gotten into the ninth. It was a perfect game. But he didn't. But he didn't. And, uh, uh, anyway, this is still a very good game. Ten strikeouts and seven and two-thirds. With one hit and no walk. Yes, zero walks. I think Ross should just let him finish the game. Why not? I mean, come that close? I I guess he just wanted him to get the ovation. Yeah. Uh, It's so heartbreaking. I know. The Cubs have never come that close. I think the last time the Cubs came that close to a perfect game was like 30 years ago. (laughs) Like, Like, it was, like, people have to understand, the Cubs have never, like, even had a chance at this. This has never happened. They have had no hitters. The they had one at Wrigley back in like nineteen sixty nine or something. Um Yeah, when that when are we gonna get that experience at Wrigley? We need to hear the crowd reaction to that. I mean we did clinch the pennant at Wrigley to end the seventy one year drought. So well, like, you know, I yeah. mean everything's different. True. But that that would have been Awesome. The only way it could have been better is if that had been if it had happened against St. Louis. Yeah. Because yes, hundred percent. Wilson Contreras being the last out too. Yeah. And that reminds me. Remember when St. Louis lost in the postseason last year to Philly? And Yadier yeah. Molina was up with two outs in the ninth, and he got down his last strike, and he singled. And I just wish. That he had been the final out. It would have been so funny. <laughs> Just would have been great. Oh, a weak ground ball out. The end. But we didn't get that. And then Albert Pujols came up and he singled. So, ah, we missed out on that great finish. That ah, would have been great. Losing at home in the postseason. And Yadier Molina makes the final out <laughs> in his last at-bat of his career. Why, fat ass. Anyway, um, yeah, this was sad on so many levels. Just, <sighs> I mean, there's a still of it. Gomes is like on top of Smiley, but while he's on top of it, you can see David Peralta's leg in the background, like as he's running up the line. He's halfway to first base. Now, I'm not saying uh... that he would have been safe, I'm not saying he would have been out. I'm saying there was a chance. To get him out. There was a chance. David Peralta's not the fleetest of foot. He could have been out if Smiley or Gomes, probably Smiley. If he had yeah, gotten, I don't, I don't think Gomes would have been able to get him. I think who definitely. knows? Who knows? It would. No, it, it, it I, still. It would have just been, the way it was positioned. I don't really think Gomes would have had a chance. But I, Smiley, yeah, I think he could have. But Gomes just had been... to jump over his back. He didn't even make it. I know. That's the worst part. Like It would it <laughs> it looks like been Mr. so Krabs. awesome if he had actually just hurled over him and smiley made the throw. Like That yeah. would have been the greatest play <laughs> ever. It would have been like up there with like perfect game-saving plays. Yeah. yeah that would be a perfect game-saving play. Uh, he looks like Mr. Krabs in that one episode of SpongeBob where he comes <laughs> flying in and like tackles their table. Or something. <laughs> it looks like that. Oh um, my god! I so uh, it's just I just I, I just don't want to think about it anymore. When we got the win, 
I just days over with. Let's just keep on the winning, keep the streak going. Yeah. Do we think we're legit? Are we, are we good, or is this just a mirage? Because I, I don't think we're this good, but I think we're good. Well, I, I, I heard someone say you have to wait until you're like a third through the season. So that's fifty-four games. So the Cubs have played nineteen. They'll play their twentieth today when this episode is uploaded. Uh. That means we have about 35 games left to decide what's happening. So after those 54 games, if we are, uh, let's see, 27 and 27, so be it. Uh, it's probably what I'm expecting. Yeah, but, I'm expecting um, us to hover around 500, but I think we can crack it and be better. Like, yeah, eighty-two. I mean, like eighty-two to eighty-five wins is probably realistic. That was my prediction. Uh, if we're twenty-seven and twenty-seven, if, so be it. If for whatever, if we're reason, thirty and twenty-four, so be it. But uh, we don't know yet. I'm very suspicious of this start because I just. I'm seeing everything they're doing, and they're not getting, like, lucky hits or anything. Mm-mm. Yeah, they've played the A's, but they've played a solid schedule so far. They won four series. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching has been great. Don't think the, I don't think Stroman and Steele are going to be this good through the whole year, but... Yeah, no. The offense they're has been gonna good. They're not going to be one ERA, guys. No, but... Uh, anyway, the offense has been good. Probably won't be this good. So yeah, we, uh, yeah, Cubs actually have the best on base and slugging and batting average in the entire NL. So yeah, I don't know if that's sustainable. Or not. No, 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 no. It's not. But let's enjoy it. Never thought this would happen at any point of the season. So let's just True. be happy that it's happening. Yeah, I, uh, I, I am so wanting to really be in with this team but I'm not yet because it's just still too early just enjoy the ride uh, yeah yeah it's tough though it's tough to enjoy the ride because because it'll be easy to enjoy it when Mervis is here yeah it's just it's tough to enjoy this I love what they're I love their start but it's tough to enjoy it because I mean, getting a good start like, is probably well, one of the most important yeah. things you can do because that'll set the mood for the whole team for pretty much the rest of the season. Yeah, I just in the so back once you of get my the head, players confident and happy and yeah, believing in themselves, the teammates, the team, it'll just be better there on out because we know last year the Cubs had an awful April, they had like Nine, eight wins in all of April. Yeah, I now remember the they Cubs started are halfway through April, and they have twelve wins now. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I'm enjoying the start, but at the same time, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, I mean, we're not this good. Uh, just the whole time, I'm like, well, we're not this good, but this is a lot of fun. So let's just keep doing it. And at some point we'll fall off, but when that time comes, we'll deal with it. And then also, every time they lose, like yesterday, they lost, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is the beginning of coming back to Earth. But then they win. So it's like, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's it's not. Maybe it's still going a little bit. But then maybe not. We'll see tomorrow what happens. Maybe they lose 7-0 tomorrow. Maybe not. Maybe they win. Maybe they win again tomorrow. I don't know. It's like we'll every day is a wild card. We'll just see. It's like one game at a time around here. So it's it's been a roller coaster so I think far. You're overthinking it a lot. Yes, I am. But uh, 
That's what I do. So, I mean, I'll just have to enjoy it. In one of these next two games to win the series against the Dodgers. So, I said prior to this seven-game stretch against the Padres and Dodgers, I said if the Cubs go three and four, they will have met my expectations. It will be like, okay, three and four, I understand. You know, that's about what the team's talent level is. If they go below that, it'll be disappointing. Uh, if they go above that, like if they go four and three, it'll be like, all right, that's pretty good. That's good. If they go five and two, it's like, wow, that's something. Which isn't going to happen because they already have one loss. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about it today and I thought, okay, well, they just won. So tomorrow is wild card with Lesnesky, but. Then we have Strowman against Kershaw. That'll be a really interesting game, so we should be in that one. And then we'll have an off day, and then we'll have Justin Steele start the Padres series. I don't know who we'll have in game two, and then we'll have Smiley in game three. So it's, it's okay. I could see another win or two. I could see another two wins maximum. So I could see a three and four record, but... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll just wait. Nothing we can do except wait and hope for the best. Alright. Uh, yeah, so we should talk about the injuries before we end everything. Oh uh, yeah, Tyone on the 15 IL with the uh, groin strain. Groin yep. Yeah, so bad timing, but... Yeah, because he had that good start this time. He's actually he like... He's actually like top 30 for all starting pitchers in war. Well, that's good. Yeah, he's um, 0.5, I think. Okay, well, get back healthy soon. I don't know who we're going to see in San Diego. Please not Assad. Hopefully not Assad. Please not Assad. He's fat. I don't like him. Used everything he had in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic merchant. That was literally the only reason he made the team. Yeah, he threw like ninety-seven in one game there, and then he gets back to Chicago and is throwing ninety-two. <laughs> he he was just fired up because it was the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, but uh, yes, uh, I don't know, I. I as, as iffy as he was last year, I wouldn't object to maybe seeing a Caleb Killian start. Yeah, I know he had a really bad first start, but these last two starts he's had, um, I think, one run each. I think something like that. All right. I mean, hey, why not? Caleb Killian, ladies keep, and gentlemen. If he just keeps his control, then he'll be good. Like that. Going into last year, that was the thing that he was, well, one of the things, other than keeping the ball out of the park, or in the park, he Yeah, um, he was a, he also walks. had a lot of walks, didn't he? Yeah, which was surprising, because that was one of the things he was good at, limiting walks, keeping the ball in the park. He said the baseball, the grip at the major leagues was, like, different or something. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah, I just, I'm hoping for a really good Wesneski start tomorrow. He yes. had a good start against the A's, but it was against the A's. Uh, but also, um, he wasn't really hitting his spots early. He was just kind of getting results because, like, it was the A's. So they weren't exactly hammering him. So he's got to be on point tomorrow with his swing and miss stuff. Because the Dodgers, while they don't have Turner and uh, uh, people that I'm forgetting, they still have Muncie, they still have Freeman, they still have Betts. And they're still good. They still have James Outman. Uh, so, yeah, you got to be on your game. Dustin May can be nasty when he's on, too. So, fingers crossed. I have high hopes for the final game, though. Strowman has been electric. Start the year, 
So it is against Kershaw. So I think tomorrow, if you want to come away with a series split, you got to really bank for a win tomorrow. So hopefully the offense can stay hot and, uh, yeah, get the job done. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Uh, One more thing before we sign off here. Our player of the week. Oh, Drew Smiley. Drew Smiley. Yeah, seven perfect innings. Of course. Whole offense was good, but, uh, yeah. Hell of an outing. Saves the whole bullpen, too. That is something that people did not mention after his start. The Cubs were completely taxed after what was essentially a bullpen game in the first game. So this game was like, Smiley, you have to go six at least. And he went to the eighth. So, and then Estrada came out and he was fresh because he had just been recalled today. And Assad had been sent down in his place. So the whole bullpen was completely saved, which is huge because the Dodgers bullpen was taxed today. Zarius was knocked out early. So that was I mean, they kind of used stuff. their. They didn't really use their top guys because Jackson is the guy that we killed in that other game that we blew no. the Dodgers out. But they used their top guys in game one, so uh, they're running thin. Is my point. They they're thin. They didn't get to rest anyone. I think did they use Vesia in game one? I don't think so. I can't remember. Uh, either way, there's so many. There's a lot of options this week. You pick Smiley, of course, but um, there's also arguments that can be made for Wisdom and Bellinger and uh, yeah, it's Warner. I mean, there's there's yes, those guys are all doing very well, and any other week they'd be probably one of them would be the player of the week. But there's that, and then there's being perfect through seven, which I know it's not a perfect game, but that's that that warrants a player of the week, in my opinion. Yeah. Dominance. Channeling prime Jake Arrieta. Prime Jake Arrieta. Like, not I don't, I, 2021 Jake. I just... Jesus. I just... There's just too many options this week. I, yeah. The player I, like, of the I game... Wanna, I want to pick Smiley, but there's just like five people to pick from. It's kind of annoying. Any yeah, other see, week, look, I would. This is, this is also annoying. If he had just gotten this perfect game, it would be so clear. Yes. He's like, oh, yeah. Undoubtedly. Man. Yeah. God damn it. What are you doing? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with Wisdom. But... Okay, that's a good choice. Because he hit, what, four homers this week? Yeah, something like that. Hit one on a Waveland today. Yeah. There's a lot of... You could make a case for just about anybody, which is a great thing, and I hope it continues for as long as possible because I'm sure there will come a day when we're going to be sitting here saying, nobody's hitting. And then they'll call out Matt Mervis. And they'll be like, oh, great. So, anyway. We're just going to enjoy it while it lasts because that day is coming... Hopefully it's not tomorrow. Hopefully it's not next week. Hopefully it's not ever. But we know it is. So yeah, time will inevitably, un- ugh, inevitably come. Unfortunately, but things looking good right now. So can't be thinking about doing bad while you're doing good. Yeah, I don't think the Cubs are gonna maintain their 110 win pace, but um. I don't know. Maybe this start is the difference. Maybe maybe we'll look back at this start and think to ourselves, well, this That's is great. Because it's like, you know, maybe this is the difference between 82 and 87 wins. You know, you get five extra because you started off really well. Then maybe you get a wild card. So maybe you wouldn't have gotten that wild card if you were 10 and 10 like the Red Sox are over your first... 19 or 20, so maybe not. 
So we hope it continues as long as possible. We have the Padres coming up next. Got to finish out this Dodgers series. Then I think we got the Marlins in Miami. And the Marlins are no pushover. But, um, you know, it's not, it's not the Dodgers so or the Padres. So we get a nice little uh, kind of maybe, maybe a little break. Yeah, I feel like it'll be hoping. a lot of two, one, three, two games. Though I don't know who we're facing, but I heard we're facing Lazardo, so that will be a rough one. I don't know if we're facing Alcantara or not, but he's not been very great this year. So we'll just see how that goes. You mean future Cubs, Sandy Alcantara? Eh, I don't know. Rather get know. someone like Bieber or Burns. Oh well, you could get Burns in free agency. Yeah, he's gonna say goodbye to the Brewers. Thankfully, then we yeah. will easily be top two in the division after that. Oh yeah, if the Pirates could just stop, please. Yeah, they're not. This is unsustainable for them. Are you sure? Yeah, especially because they lost Cruz for the year. They and did? That, really? Yeah. Broke, oh, I think for the year. didn't He, he broke his ankle against the White Sox. I thought it was like four Sox. months or something. Four months the year, whatever. Same difference. Oh, yeah, that is a big di- Yeah, I. they are playing a rather easy schedule, so. Hope, that Jihon uh... Bay is not going to keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens. I don't know if the Brewers are going to keep this up. No, absolutely not. I don't think they're this good. I think mm. they're good. I don't think they're this good. So everyone should probably even out this time next month. I bet the standings will look pretty much how they were supposed to look. Which unfortunately unless means the, the Cubs will be in third. Keep... Yeah, unless the Cardinals keep spinning the tires, which by all means. Keep, they lost keep doing that tonight to the Mariners. That's good. Just keep doing that. Uh, right. It'd be great because, you know, uh, uh, this unfortunately means the Cubs will likely still be in second or third. But if the Cardinals are out, it makes it a lot more interesting because I don't think the Brewers are at the level the Cardinals are at. So we'll see. This is going to be... A roller coaster year. We're gonna have ups and downs and all sorts of things happening. Brewers just lost Mitchell and Woodruff too. Yes, and Burns is also out with something. Oh yeah, he got a hit with a comebacker. I think I'm not sure. And they're still winning. (laughs) Stop winning. Annoying. Yeah, they're all winning on BS, which is the Brewer way. Brewers strategy. Mm -hmm. BS. Uh, Anyway. uh, so it's going to be a wild year, but it's going to be a lot better than the last two, I think. So, yeah, fingers crossed. I think, uh, I think the bottoming out days are hopefully behind us, where we all of a sudden have like 10, 11, 12 game losing streak. Yeah, no uh, more of those. Yeah, I hope not. Anyway, I think that'll conclude this episode. It was a good episode. Yeah, we rather will... long one. We're about taking it. Hour by and week. ten minutes. Yeah, we'll we'll be back next Friday, and we'll hopefully be talking about how we beat the Dodgers and beat the Padres, and things are still going well. So, yeah, keep your fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, this lasts as long as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I think that's all. So we'll sign off. All right, we see will. you next week. See you guys later.